Thanks for the good days. When the traffic lights all turn green, when promotions come and bad habits are broken. Give thanks for warm meals and the company of friends. Give thanks for undeniable blessings and clear direction. When the music floods your soul and the worship songs flow without effort. Give thanks for coffee and clothing and hope that the two never mix. Give thanks for the mother who battles daily in prayer, for the father working three jobs, for the brothers and sisters who build blanket forts and read bedtime stories. Give thanks for sons and daughters and all our family who remind us of what truly matters. Give thanks for the stranger who holds the door open and the lifelong friend who holds you when life is broken. Give thanks for the hard days, for the phone call that brings life crashing down, for jobs lost and friendships fallen into conflict. Give thanks for the anger that reminds us we are human and the tears that express more than words could ever fathom. Give thanks, though the pain is overwhelming, your energy spent, your spirit fallen, and your only option is to fall to your knees before your Holy Father and cry out, God, please help me. For in that moment, his power is made perfect. His love is made evident. He becomes your strength your comfort, and your salvation. Give thanks for the power of redemption, from Genesis to Revelation, for the endless promises of a God who would rather sacrifice his son than give up on his children. For nail-pierced hands, 
for brilliant dawns, for the cool touch of rain and the simplicity of a quiet day, for all things great and small. Let us give thanks. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness and come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name, for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Today is a day of thanksgiving, and I hope that you set some time aside today just to reflect on the goodness of God in your life and express thanks and gratitude to him because of everything that he has done. Today, I'll be sharing with you on the topic, being aware of what God is doing in your life. But before we go to that, we'll be blessed by Sister Alyssa Storr as she sings a hundred billion times. Voice, voice, and 
pursuit of what you said If it all reveals your nature so alive I can see your heart in everything you say Every pain it's got a canvas of your
hundred billion times But what measure could amount to your desire You're the one who never leaves the one behind You're the one who never leaves the one Good morning again. It's Brother Charles Burroughs here, and I am extremely thankful that I have this opportunity to share the Word of God with you. Let me ask you a question. Are you aware of what God is doing in your life? Early on in my marriage, I learned a valuable lesson that is still helping me today. That lesson was that I needed to be aware of my wife's involvement in our household. I could not be oblivious to how the essential everyday things were being taken care of because in doing so, I would never see the value that my wife added to our family. If I never saw the value that my wife added to our family, I would never have understood just how thankful I am to have her in my life. And as a result, I would have never been able to express those feelings to her. First, I needed to be aware of what she did. Then I could honestly express gratitude and thanks for what she did. But it's easy to be oblivious. It's easy not to pay attention. It's easy to take things for granted. It literally takes no effort to overlook that your spouse picked up your socks off the floor for the hundredth time. Or that your mom made you breakfast again today, even though you are a 25-year-old, full-grown adult, quite capable of doing it yourself. Or what about parents that have to leave the kids at home and go to work and the older child does a good job looking after their younger siblings? We can very easily not pay attention to how people add value to our lives. And as a result, we never give ourselves the opportunity to express true gratefulness and true thanks to that person for the things that they do. And we all can fall into this trap from time to time especially in how we view God and the things that he does for us. We become unaware of his goodness, of his mercy, and favor in our lives, and fail to live in a way that expresses our gratitude and thankfulness to him. And this is what I want us to look at this morning. And we're going to look into the Gospel of Luke chapter 17 verses 11 through 19, where we will see the story of 10 men who had an encounter with Jesus one of which had an appropriate response and nine who did not. Let's read. While he was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, 10 leprous men who stood at a distance met him and they raised their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? 
Was no one found who returned to give God glory except this foreigner? And he said to him, Stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. So we see in this story that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem. And as he came to a village, he encountered 10 men who had leprosy. All 10 of these men called out to Jesus, asking him to show them favor by healing them of their sickness. So Jesus instructed them to leave and go to the priest to get the all clear. And as they were going, they were healed. The story goes on and tells us that one of them, the Samaritan, noticed that he was healed along the journey and turned around and ran back to Jesus, glorifying God along the way and expressing his thanks to Jesus whilst the others did not. This passage of scripture is a common one. And many messages have been shared exploring the truths that this passage contains. Still, I would like us to look at one specific thing that stood out to me as I read through this passage. And that is, the Samaritan man had the awareness to realize that he had an encounter with God. And that awareness is what prompted a response that was so different from the other nine men who were present. Leprosy was a terrible disease. Many historians and theologians alike assert that it was the worst disease present in Jesus' time. If you had leprosy in Jewish society, you lived isolated from everyone and everything you knew to be your life. You could only associate with other lepers and had to live outside of the city. It didn't matter if you were married, if you had kids, if you had a flourishing business, or if you were a high-ranking member of society. None of these things mattered. If you were afflicted with leprosy, there were strict rules from way back in the time of Moses regarding the treatment of anyone who contracted this terrible disease. Let's take a look at Leviticus 13, 45 through 46 and see what some of these restrictions were. As for the leper who has the infection, his clothes shall be torn, and the hair of his head shall be uncovered, and he shall cover his mustache and cry, Unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean all the days during which he has the infection. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside of the camp. So in short, their entire life was turned upside down because of the disease. They had to wear torn clothes. They had to leave their hair ungroomed. They had to wear a mask over their mouth and tell anyone who came close to them to stay away. This was their new life. For these 10 men and any others who had leprosy during this time, it was a complete physical, emotional, and mental shock. But here is where Jesus enters the story of their life in an unlikely encounter at a village on his way to Jerusalem. These men have likely heard of Jesus and the great miracles he was performing throughout the region because they recognized him immediately and called him by name. They shouted out to him, Jesus, Master, have mercy. And that's what Jesus did. He had mercy on them. Jesus tells them to go to the high priest and verify their healing. And while they were on their way, they received their healing. But verse 15 and 16 provide an interesting detail that we need to take a look at. It says, 
Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him, and he was a Samaritan. What made this man's response different from the other nine was that he was aware of what the expected result would be upon arrival at the priest. He was aware that because Jesus told him to go to the priest, his healing was inevitable. So because he was aware of who it was who sent him and what the expected result was, he was also aware of the moment when his healing happened because he was expecting it. His awareness of the reality that God was working in his life at that very moment affected his response to the miracle he received. See, he knew that he didn't come in contact with some male prophet like some would believe, right? He knew that he didn't come into contact with some mystic sorcerer or some sage who was making false promises. He was aware that he came into contact with Jesus Christ. And as a result, that affected what he believed about what he was told. So when he received his healing, he ran back to the source of his healing, Jesus Christ, and glorified God while thanking Jesus for his healing. And it's so crucial for us to understand and recognize when God is working in situations in our life, because if we can just be more spiritually aware, it will affect how we approach God. We can't fake a thankful heart. We can't fake gratefulness. And most of all, we can't allow the distractions of everyday life to shift our focus from God and make us unaware of the reality of God's faithfulness and how he's working in our everyday life. So you may wonder, why did the other nine men respond differently than the man who turned around and ran back to Jesus? Well, the Bible doesn't tell us why specifically, but let's think about their situation and what would be the result of their healing. Well, the result of their healing would have resulted in life as they would have formerly known it. A life filled with things that easily distract us from God. For the men in this story, restoration of family life, restoration of their occupations, restoration of their social acceptance, once again being able to walk through the cities, going to the marketplaces, gathering in the temple. All of these things, though good things, could have been a distraction that prevented them from being aware of who the source of their healing actually was. All the things that they would have been able to do before, they could do again. And it's quite possible that they allowed this reality to distract them from who they actually had an encounter with and it robbed them of the opportunity to worship him and express thanks and gratitude to him. All of those things are good things, but things nonetheless that we allow to take priority over and become a distraction to our awareness of God working and intervening in our life. If they were just aware, they could honestly express gratitude and thanks. All of those things that would have been restored to them are good things, 
but things nonetheless that we allow to take priority over and become a distraction to our awareness of God working and intervening in our life. And it's the same today. In my opinions, as Christians, we live in a time as a people where we are distracted from spiritual realities more than ever. We trade encounters with the living God for the busyness of life, our jobs, our entertainment, our social lives, and even our family lives. How can genuine thankfulness and gratitude be a defining characteristic of our relationship with God if we are unaware of what his word teaches us about him? If we are unaware of how he has intervened in our lives in past situations? If we are unaware of how he is working and moving at present in our lives? Being aware of the reality that God is still working on our behalf today puts us in a place where we can honestly live lives of thanksgiving and gratitude to God. Father God, thank you. Thank you that you are moving and you are working among us. That we, your children, can truly live lives of thankfulness and gratitude to you if we could just be more aware of what you are doing in our lives. Help us, O oh God, to get rid of the distractions, to set our priorities in order, to keep you at the forefront of our minds, God, so that our lives can be a reflection of thankfulness and gratitude to you, the one, the true, the living God, the author and the finisher of our faith, the God who we place our hope in. Thank you, Father, for these things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. To tuning into Temple Time today, we trust that you are enlightened, encouraged, and edified by today's ministry. For prayer, counseling, or further information, you may call us at the church office at 322-8304. That's 322-8304. You can also email us at info at evangelistictemple.org or visit our website at www.evangelistictemple.org to learn more about us or watch the live streaming of our Sunday morning services. Join us next Sunday at the same time and may the richness of God's grace, His boundless love and adoring mercy be with you now and always.